0: The Everything But Politics Podcast.
1: What's up, friends? Happy Monday, and welcome back to another edition of the Everything But Politics Podcast. This week's guest is Joe Bartnick. Anyone who has seen Joe's work knows he's one of the funniest fucking comics out there, and we're excited to have him on our show and share some laughs. So, Joe, how are we doing, brother?
0: Oh, we're doing great. You guys are too kind. You guys are too kind. Are you guys in the same house? you live in your mom's house? (laughs) No.
1: I, I live here in, in Boca Raton down South Florida where I saw you recently had a show and, uh, Evan, Evan goes to Indiana university.
0: Oh, I, you, I was up there. That's a yeah, great place. I saw you. You were hilarious. Oh, cool. Yeah. I went on, I went on the court and threw a chair for old time's sake.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so Joe, here's my question for you, right? Uh, the hard
0: hitting questions are coming early.
1: Uh, yeah, you, totally. Already a Pittsburgh kid like yourself. How do you even get involved in this world of comedy? Pittsburgh's not necessarily known for its comedy scene.
0: Uh, no, it's getting one, though. It is getting uh, one. But, yeah, when I was a kid now, there was no comedy scene. You want to go to a coffee shop? But are you gay? There's, we, we got coffee <laughs> right here. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, no, I just always wanted to, I wanted to be David Letterman, and then I wanted to be Dennis Miller. So I just always wanted to be a comedian. I, I never did not want to be a comedian. So I just had to figure out how to do that. And so I saw robin williams live at the punchline so i moved to san francisco and got a job at the punchline and then from there you have to move to either new york or la and i love new york and i go there a ton especially before the pandemic but i had a wife and a kid easier moved to la i'm a california guy now and then that's where we're at
1: awesome and you know growing up were you like the class clown type of kid or did that kind kind of grow into that role as you got older
0: um, I was always funny. I remember when I went to Catholic school, my first day in Catholic school, this kid goes "Uh, uh The school wasn't fun until you got here. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was just always in trouble. I don't know if I was really a class clown.
2: And besides David Letterman, who are some of, like, your favorite inspirations in the comedy? Uh,
0: well, um, definitely Eddie Murphy Delirious. Yeah. Um, I'm 54. So, most comics between either three or four years older than me or three or four years younger than me. That was our Beatles on Ed Sullivan. that produced like every rock and roll band for the next 20 years. Like everybody, my age saw that and it was just like, Oh my God, Eddie Murphy is the greatest because before that all the comics were just like, you know, other than like Richard Pryor, every comic was like in a suit and tried to do eight minutes and tried to be on Johnny Carson and was Mr. Squeaky clean. And you just see Eddie Murphy come out in that red suit and just have the come out after the bus boys and just crush and it was like he was the coolest mother can we swear yeah yeah he's just the coolest motherfucker ever still is you know i mean it's eddie murphy so
1: well joe it it is crazy because obviously like the the landscape has changed so much you mentioned that back in the day you'd hope to see these guys on late night talk shows but now you know you go on a podcast you learn about someone through a tiktok or instagram reel youtube How, how do you think the Life as a comedian has changed since the emergence of things like YouTube, TikTok, podcasts.
0: Um, It's made our lives hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why so?
0: Well, I mean, it's helped out a lot of comics, and a lot of comics have got a lot of great things from it. And I have nothing against any anybody getting anything from the Internet. But when I got into comedy, we'd be able to sleep in, go get a late breakfast, have a coffee, write some jokes, hang out, and then do our, go do shows and just get drunk and sleep in. <laughs> and now you gotta get up, you gotta make videos, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta edit videos, you gotta have followers, you gotta do you gotta do a million things. Before being a comic was almost like a lifestyle. And now it's a job.
1: Is that so you are saying if social media wasn't as prevalent as it is, you could just continue that that old cycle and kind of people find out about you from your uh from your shows?
0: Yeah, it used to be all word of mouth and just, you know, I mean, it, it, there is gatekeepers, you know, the guys who booked Letterman or booked the Tonight Show or, you know, booked comedy clubs they were you know they kind of controlled your fate and uh that's the way it was or you know some people were proactive uh dane cook or lisa lampanelli and they got mailing lists and uh, i was doing some of that and but in general like it wasn't our job to promote it was our job to be funny right. and uh and that's what it was and then but and i don't even care about the running part it was just now people want content constantly and before it was like the content was what i did from 8 15 to 9 15 <laughs> you know the rest of the 23 hours a day were mine now it's like it seems like it's a job
1: joe Joe, something i'm curious about is like life as a stand-up obviously if you if you're a musician you know you go there's after parties and shows after the show is that do you as as a comedian do you have that after you perform eight fifteen 15 scene? is there an 11 30 12 30 thing where you're performing again and again
0: Well, in major cities, you perform more than one set a night. So, yeah, I mean, in New York, you do like four, five, six, seven, eight sets a night. I mean, I used to before the pandemic, if I didn't do four sets, if I did, if I only did four sets, I felt like I was lazy. Now I'm a little bit older. So now four sets is good. (laughs) But I used to be people. I mean, people used to do minimum six sets every night in New York. Uh, I think there's a few less clubs now, but I don't you know, I'm sure they still do um but yeah you know in san francisco when where i started we used to do a couple sets every night and then you'd hang until three in the morning every night and my one buddy would say you learn more after the show than you ever learned during the show because comedy used to be a big hang but now so many guys are sober or so many guys are california sober or so many people play video games or before everyone was just an alcoholic like me
2: (laughs) and how old were you when you started being i was
0: 27. And you
2: started in
0: New York? Uh San Francisco. And what
2: was your what
0: was your first show? Uh well, my first show was a place called the luggage store where almost everybody in San Francisco has started. And me and two comics, we, we were still friends. We started the same night. But my class kind of in San Francisco was a uh, Brian Kellen, who works with George Lopez everywhere, and Al yeah. Magigal and Gary Cannon and Rob Cantrell and Steve Maison and basically there's the class above me class beneath class right after me is Louie Katz and uh Chris Tinkle and uh Ryan Stout and uh, a couple other people. And then right then after them was Ali Wong. And uh so, you know, it's just, and there's just classes and classes of people. Now there's 10 classes after me, 15, who knows yeah. But we all used to hang out and go to these different restaurants and in delis and bars. And just, you know, you, it was a used to be a hang now everyone's like you hang but now oh well hold on stand here and make sure you're in my video shots i can put it up on tiktok and yeah. it's all sta- a lot of things are staged now that all used to be natural
1: yeah well and, and joe you mentioned you started uh stand up at 27 what were you what were you doing in your early 20s
0: i <laughs> had doing a lot of stuff <laughs> <laughs>
1: You ever, you, know, you ever get on stage when you were like 21, 22 or
0: not? No, no. I mean, I bartended. I, I was bouncer. I right, did some other dirt and just all kinds of stuff.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there are some shows that Evan and I love, you know, like the like Curbs, South Park, Arrested Development, shit like that. Are there any shows that you grew up with that maybe sparked your interest in comedy?
0: Uh, well, I mean, Seinfeld's like the greatest show ever. Yeah. And over. he's a comedian. <laughs> Yeah, uh, his, you know his show um yeah uh that one that made me want to do com- i mean letterman pretty much was what always wanted me to do comedy uh i i like saturday night live but i'm not a sketch guy per se so that wasn't really my cup of tea um i i, I think that would push me to the more to do stand-up would be uh seinfeld because he made he made you think that you could be a comedian and afford a nice apartment in a nice neighborhood in New York.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Joe, when I saw you in Bloomington, I thought you were hilarious. And I, I gotta ask, how did you get involved opening with Bill Burr? And what's your relationship with him now?
0: Uh, well, I mean, me and Bill are great friends, uh, and he helped produce my special mm. on uh, All Things Comedy's YouTube page and Prime. So if you're in, in if you have money, watch it on Prime watch <laughs> it for free it's on youtube and i was in his movie old dads that came out number yep. one movie in the all world right. for about a month still might be um but oh he saw i opened for him in san francisco like 20 years ago and he liked my sets he liked my act and we just became more and closer friends and we just do all kinds of we just do all kinds of fun things together and go spring events and all kinds of good times and uh, we're, we're just good friends
1: well joe i saw your stand-up special killing in chicago it was fucking it was fucking really funny but my favorite joke that you said was um one about your, your daughter going to kill herself like no no just pay for the braces. You gotta hold up all of that.
0: Yeah, people like that one. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for all no. your nice words. You guys it are nice kids. Fun. Are yeah. you guys gonna come see me on New Year's Eve? Or I'm I'm in I'm at Sadman's in Boca Raton, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, New Year's Eve weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh
1: yeah, okay. We're Definitely. gonna have to go to the calendar.
0: Bring as many friends as you can and girls.
1: You got it. That's, that's awesome wait so going back to what I did like joke you you made about your daughter and braces um when you come up with this material what do you do you write it in your phone you have a notepad in your back pocket I mean how do you store this material when something clicks
0: I mainly just if it's I hope it's funny enough that I won't forget it <laughs> and, then, and then sometimes I'll put it in my phone or usually I'll write it down on the piece of paper and then I'll try it and if it works, relatively good enough or i think there's a chance then i'll try it three or four times and in the meantime i listen to i record all my sets so i listen to it i'll write in my notebook how i think it should go and then we try it like three or four times and some jokes work right away and some jokes you know instantly as you're saying it like this is shit why they i ever think this was funny and they go away And some jokes you hold on to forever you know like herpes and they never go away and <laughs> they never really work but you just keep you in and, and you some of your friends your favorite jokes are like are the jokes they love are the ones that work once a year but you do them for them when they could show up in town but i basically you yes it, my, my writing thing i basically when i think something's funny oh my god i should say this on stage or i should write this down and and then I'll hopefully I'll remember it or I'll put it on my phone or I'll write it on a piece of paper. And I'll usually try it on my wife sometimes, or I don't know. I might soft soft land it with my wife or my daughter or a friend of mine, but usually I'll just try it on stage.
1: Okay. And so a few months back we had we had Mae Planner on our podcast, who, who's the wife of Mark Norman. And she said that Mark Mark has like a notepad in his back pocket at all times. Whenever something comes in his head he jots it down and it's like, she's like super like unorganized and crazy. Is that a comment that most of these comedians have these little things that they kind of just stick with, or it's more, um, it's more everyone kind of has the same way of going about things.
0: Um. Well, I think everybody has their own uh way of doing things, but I think there really are two different types of comics there are the p- guys that write and the kind that don't. <laughs> and uh, Norman, uh, who's absolutely one of the greatest comedians out there right now, um, his process must be, he thinks it's something and he writes it down like I do. But some people, they go and physically try to write something. And Unless I'm working on a television show or writing for somebody else on a project, I can't do that. And as a matter of fact, you can tell when I try to write a joke from scratch or near scratch, it's terrible. You can sniff it out on me. Uh-huh. Even if I try to make it better, too much better put too much seasoning in it it's like well it must not have been that good from the beginning if I got to work on it that hard and who
2: are some other comics who you know that don't write down jokes
0: Uh, well you know Bill doesn't really I mean he might write down like before a show he might just sit in the green room like okay I'm gonna remember to do like these three ideas or five ideas or whatever Um, my, my great friend Paul Versi he doesn't write down jokes like, like write them out um, unless he's working on a special or trying to figure something out um I don't I don't really know because I'll tell you I've been doing this 26 years now yeah uh maybe 27 I in the math um so I'm not in the trenches like I used to be like the first 10 years in San Francisco where you know how everybody does everything because you're all best friends going to every open mic together <laughs> and bar gig and showcase Sundays and Monday Tuesdays at Cobbs. like I now i don't know everyone's pro, all my friends processes but i just know my best friends that's bill and verzi and that's kind of what they do
1: and we mentioned like the the marks of the world obviously an up-and-coming young comic are there any other up
0: and coming he's pretty goddamn up there now
1: yeah yeah the, <laughs> uh, are there are there are these up-and-coming uh comics that that you got your eyes on that you think have a bright future ahead of them
0: um young guys who i think have well i mean do you guys know who ian Bag is he's getting famous he's um he's a great he's a friend of mine he's uh he's celebrated four hundred thousand youtube followers but he's been headlining major clubs for years but he's finally starting to get to the top of the mountain there uh paul verzi is really starting to blow up my good friend paul um sam tripoli i love sam tripoli um he's he's out there a lot and uh you know uh there's just so many i mean there's a million comics <laughs> i can just yeah. name all my friends but those three i would definitely <laughs> check out and, and what I, do know, you th- I know i'm forgetting somebody I, I don't want to forget but i, I mean just i could name everybody i know
1: well that's uh, that's one of the cool i'm only things friends
0: about- with funny people guys i yeah. can't <laughs> well, the worst that's is when of- you're friends with somebody not funny then they want a favor from me it's like ah, what, am I, what am i supposed to do now
1: uh, yeah, right um but Joe, that's one of the great things about like you know shows like Kill Tony is that it gives these young guys an opportunity to perform in front of you know guys like Joe Rogan, Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, have you watched episodes of T- Kill Tony?
0: Um, I, I've seen it like once or twice when they were in, in LA. I mean, I, I get it, you know, it's an open mic and then they rip on the people, right? So, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, it's a great idea, and it's it worked out well for Tony. And Red Band, who I love Red Band. He's a great guy. So, you know, I'm happy for them.
1: Yeah, it's very funny. All right. Sure, let's talk some hockey, right?
0: All right. Are you guys Panther fans?
1: I Black – Blackhawks. Black oh, Hawks
0: there fans. we go. The Hawks. The Hawks.
1: Yeah. the Hawks. So, you're the host of the Puck Off podcast. Obviously, you love hockey. Obviously, you keep up with it very closely. Uh, Why don't you tell us what's going on in the NHL this time of the year?
0: Uh. What uh, who uh wait 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 what, 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 what do you want
1: to know <laughs> like what are, what is what are some hot topics like some stories who who's leading the league who looks good a little bit of everything
0: hot topics would be that the boston bruins after uh you know winning the presidents trophy with the most points ever last year and then losing in the first round to florida who just barely snuck in uh they're still playing great even though a their two top centers retired one being hall of famer patrice bergeron they're still in the mix of uh, the New York Rangers are also uh, playing great right now. They just beat Boston and it's always good when the Rangers are a good team because um, you know, they're the biggest market on earth. Um, Toronto's big force, a little shaky right now, but uh, William Nylander, when the Toronto went over and played in Sweden, he had two big games as, as a native Swede. Well, I guess he's American because his father's was, was his dad was an NHLer. um, Ovechkin's off to a slow start in and, and his chase for Wayne Gretzky's all time goal. He only has four goals right now, so he's a little bit behind his little pace that he's usually on for scoring about 40 to 50 a year. Uh the Penguins, my team, uh Sid and Gino, uh, they they they're hot and cold. They either play great, they've beaten some great teams. Uh, you know, they've beaten Vegas, they've beaten Colorado, they've blanked Washington, they've beat a bunch of good teams and and the Kings. And then they lose to lowly teams, so they're kind of up up up-and-down team. Um, And out west, uh, the Kings are playing great hockey, my mistress team. Uh, uh, Vancouver's come out of kind of nowhere. They've kind of got it together under Rick Tockett, the new coach. Um, The Vegas Golden Knights are still very good. Colorado's getting it together. Dallas is the other good team in the Central. And your team, the Chicago Blackhawks, look fantastic uh, as far as their rookie sensation, Connor Bedard is uh, fantastic. He's uh, going to be the rookie of the year, and he looks like he's stepping right in. Some guys have a little trouble stepping in the league at 18. He is not, and he is the closest thing to Sidney Crosby, I have seen, and Sidney's only been the best player and maybe cracking Mount Rushmore of, of Gretzky or Lemieux and uh, Gordy Howe. So Sid's cracking that little Mount Rushmore. And Detroit Red Wings finally have kind of pieced it together, and they may be making the playoffs for the first time and about seven, eight years. So is that a good roundup <laughs> for you? That's oh, and Tampa Bay is playing great hockey. I love watching Tampa Bay. Uh, they, they have the Hall of Fame power play, and that's always fun to watch.
2: Now, Joe, how old were you when you got into hockey?
0: Oh, I was born into it. My grandfather was a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan Uh, when they stunk, when they only wore blue. uh, Not as like a novelty act. And uh, they before Lemieux came, my grandfather was a huge Penguin fan, so...
1: That was impressive how you just went through the whole league like that. So I skipped I think,
0: like 10 teams, but we can hit it.
1: But, <laughs> but obviously, they're not that relevant. We used to love the Blackhawks, you know, early 2010s when we had a little dynasty going. But
0: that was incredible. The best hockey I've ever seen was the Kings versus the Blackhawks in those uh, Western Conference finals. Yeah, it's incredible been tough hockey. Last few years.
1: But I guess while we're, while we're on the topic of sports, answer me this Are the Steelers the worst seven and four team of all time?
0: Uh, Probably, I I, I, I mean, they're definitely not, a, they're definitely not good. Uh, you know, they have about, they have about four guys. They, they have maybe five or six good guys who make three or four big plays every week. And then somehow they win. Although that was a better question for last week because Kenny Pickett actually made some throws this week and made some – and they caught the ball, and they got Friarmuth back. He had a good game at tight end at 100 yards. I love Najee from Alabama. He had some good runs. And I know Cincinnati stinks when Burrow being hurt, but they looked decent this weekend, so we shall see.
2: Well, it's funny how Matt Canada gets fired, and it's the first time they've put up 400 offensive yards in the last 44 games.
0: Yeah, because it's almost like he just refused to throw the ball to the tight end there with the middle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I I don't know if you know Pickett was like slow quitting like the kids of your generation do or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was the week before that Pickett was terrible. Now I've never thought he was, should have been a number one pick, and I never. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay, because I see a little mute thing up there. Um, so. You know, I don't know. I never thought he was like a number one pick level quarterback, but I didn't think he was awful. But, man, last week he was just awful, like terrible. Like, you got to quit. And then this week he played pretty good, so who knows? I mean, it's typical Tomlin. We'll get into the playoffs and lose in the first round, but he's never had a losing season, so good, good on him.
1: Better than the Bears.
0: Well, Tomlin's the best coach Monday through Saturday.
1: I, I Tomlin's a dog. He really is. Gets those guys ready.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love him. He just, he's not a good in game coach. Like, how do you not challenge the touchdown? Like, it was a touchdown. The guy caught it, went, took three steps, and they said no touchdown, and he didn't challenge it. But I really do like, I love Tom. I really do. But man, some of his coaching decisions, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing.
1: So you think at this point in time, the Steelers creep into the playoff picture?
0: Oh, they're in right now. They're like the fifth oh. seed.
1: Uh, let me rephrase you think by january they're in the playoff picture
0: yes because their their schedule is so easy that barring tj watt knock on wood getting hurt i I don't they're gonna get minka back too. minka's i think gonna play next week but so barring watt getting hurt uh i i think they're gonna i mean they're already seven and four and they only have like two more hard games so which is great for me because i took the over
1: Yeah, we we have uh, an over bet on the Packers right now. Who got, who got a great win for us this past Thursday in Detroit. So, we're hoping it You guys out are
0: Bears wins. fans betting the Green Bay Packer over. You got you got yeah. you got to you got to rip up your Bears fan club cards, man.
1: Yeah, well, first first year without Rodgers, um Jordan Love. They still got it's the same team without Rodgers. I don't know. We we got uh some other things too, but that was one we we're getting excited about now.
2: So it's safe to say then you think the Penguins will win a Stanley Cup before the Steelers win their next Super Bowl? Um,
0: that's a that's that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think this ah, uh, I think the Steelers. If you if you put a gun to my head, I would think the Steelers would win the Super Bowl before the Penguins win the Stanley Cup again.
1: How much time does Sydney have left?
0: It probably has three or four more years. I don't see the Penguins winning the Cup uh, with this group, and uh, I think there's a luck chance the Steelers may win win the Super Bowl. I, I don't think all the luck in the world can help the Penguins win four rounds. If you're asking me who would win, who's going to win more, who's going to get to the, the conference finals first, I'd say the Penguins. <laughs> but I, because I think. You know, a lucky break here and there in the next three or four years might happen for them. Where the Steelers, I don't see them getting that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see this. I don't see the Penguins winning four rounds in the playoffs in the foreseeable future, but I can see the Steelers luckily winning three playoff games. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially, uh, if, they, especially if they get a new quarterback. Yeah.
1: Uh, Joe, this has been fun, but um, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you through rapid fire questions before okay. we part ways here? So let me start with this one. Would you rather give up caffeine or alcohol?
0: Oh, caffeine!
1: Caffeine, why?
0: What do they do without booze? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, next one. Would you rather I go? Like,
0: I can always like find something to wake. I can always wake up. <laughs>
1: Uh, would you rather go on Joe Rogan's show or have him on your show?
0: I'll uh, go on his show, I guess.
1: Okay, uh, favorite comedy special of all time?
0: Uh, well, since I already listed Eddie Murphy Delirious, I, I will say the only two comedy specials that I think are 100 out of, out of 100 are Delirious and Chris Rock Bring the Pain.
1: And I guess now, while we're on topic, this wasn't one of the questions, but which what's the best current comedy special out? Uh,
0: I I don't I don't I don't know. I well, I mean, I love Verses. You know, um, Shane Gillis has a good one. Um, yeah. I I don't want to name all my friends. I mean, I I don't want to name. I, I'm friends with all these guys. I don't want to leave anybody out. I, I I thought Chappelle's last two specials were brilliant. I think Bill's last special was br- I think Bill and Ver- Bill and Chappelle's last two specials were brilliant back to back.
1: Um what's your dream collab?
0: Um you mean uh, uh, what do you mean?
1: Someone for you to collaborate with?
0: Who would I collaborate with? Yeah. Um maybe uh be in a Martin Scorsese movie
1: okay that's a good that's a great answer and last one this is something i heard you say if someone says you remind me of my uncle is that a diss or a compliment
0: <laughs> it depends how old they are
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right well joe this has been a lot of fun for us i know you're extremely busy so appreciate i hope on. i hope you
0: guys had a good time i don't want to waste your time you guys <laughs> such nice kids <laughs> and, and joe away from the school
1: why don't, why don't you um tell our listeners where they can find, you know, you, um, some, any upcoming shows you have all that kind of information.
0: Uh, I'm at Joe Bartnick.com. I'm on, I'm going to be on the big tour this spring. Uh, so check out those dates should be up soon. I'm getting a whole new website soon. I have a, uh, uh, Joe Bartnick, uh, I'm getting a new YouTube channel too. I like think Joe Bartnick comedy, uh, on YouTube and, uh, um, Mr. Joe Bartnick on Instagram, and I'm just Joe Bartnick on Twitter and Facebook. Awesome!
1: And guys, if you haven't watched his comedy special yet, "A Killing Chicago," need a good laugh? Tap into that. It's very funny. Yeah,
0: thank you. It's on All Things Comedies YouTube page or Prime Amazon Prime.
1: All right, guys, Joe Bartnick, thank
0: you very much. Oh, thanks for having me.